0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hey,
1: Andrew. Hello, Edwin. I'm excited for us to continue Psalm 33, which is kind of continuing Psalm 32. So it's a great (laughs) week. It's like two for one. Two for one. Lots of echoes, lots of connections. So
0: I've got Psalm 33 here in the New King James Version. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his dwelling he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in
1: you. Just as we hope in you. We are hoping in you right now, because we know the victory is coming. The mercy is going to come from the Lord. That's, yes. that's what we're hoping in. Well, that that brings up a question. Mm. Who is this Lord? In
0: whom we hope. I think the first time I come across that question is actually in the book of Exodus, mm. when Moses and Aaron are sent with a message to Pharaoh, the leader of the Egyptian Empire. Very simple message that God would have them say, Let my people go. Let my people go out to the wilderness that they may worship me. And Pharaoh's response in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 2, and Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Who is the Lord? And it occurs to me, Edwin, that to greater or lesser extent, that's a question that so many people are asking today. Who is this Lord? Yeah, who is the Lord? They don't really uh, know a whole lot about the Bible. And uh, there's all these different versions of... Christianity and, uh, you know, people testing that, well, this is the truth or that is the truth. Who is the Lord? And then you've got all these other people that, well, I mean, the, yeah, that's one religion. That's one way, but there's all the religions of the world. Who is the Lord that I should obey him, that I should hear his voice?
1: Well, it sounds to me like we have two options. Yeah. We, we can either learn who the Lord is the way David did in the Psalm, or we can learn who the Lord is the way Pharaoh did at the hand of Moses. I think I know which one I'd prefer.
0: Hey, that's really great insight. Uh, because Pharaoh, he learned the hard way who the Lord was and why yes, he, he should did. obey His voice. Yes, all those he punitive did. plagues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's. I'd, I'd like to consider for just a few more minutes here what Psalm 33 tells us about who the Lord is. Here's the very first thing it tells us that the Lord is that He exists. He exists. Well, it he is. really is. Psalm 33 demonstrates to us that the idea of naturalism, materialism, um, I often call it stuffism, the idea that all we have is stuff, there's just matter and energy, that that's all there is. There's no spirit, there's no there's nothing behind it. There's just the stuff. there's just the right. material. This says no, that's not true. All the stuff that we have was created by someone who is outside of all the stuff. So we've got here that he is, he is creator. He is, and he is creator. And that is not something to pass over quickly. Like you said, so many of the
0: people in our society, not all, but many who are accomplished in academics, who are accomplished in the sciences, uh, tend to hold this position of naturalism or materialism. And so, yeah, it's a very real question in people's minds. Is there a Lord?
1: Well, everything that has a beginning... Everything that has a beginning has a cause. Mm -hmm. The heavens, the sea, the land have a beginning, and this psalm says their cause is the Creator, Lord Yahweh. Mm -hmm. He is. He exists, and He's Creator. Mm -hmm. And He is Creator. Second thing this psalm tells us. He's distinct. Okay. He's distinct from the creation. So it tells us by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host, he gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. He is separate and distinct from the creation. There are creatures in creation, and then there is creator. God is not the pantheistic notion of the sum total of everything that exists. And if the world is created by the word of the Lord, then we, his creation, ought to be looking for the word of the Lord and listening for the word of the Lord, because it's not going to come from within us. It's going to come from him who is separate and distinct from us.
0: And so that makes the Bible and that makes the revelation of God different from certainly the view of many Eastern religions, Mm -hmm. The, the idea of, you know, like the, the, the force Uh, Mm. our God is the God is a personal God. And, uh, like you said, responsible for creation.
1: Yeah. By personal there, I do want to point out, you're not, you're not using that in the way that a lot of folks do today about having a personal savior. You're talking about the fact that he has personhood. He is a distinct being.
0: Yes. Thank you for that clarification. I'm not talking about my own individualistic God. I, I don't mean that. I mean a distinct person. That's yeah. right.
1: You know what? That actually didn't make it on my list for this psalm, but it should have, because one of the things I think we learned from this psalm is God is God of everyone and everywhere. You know, this, mm. this idea that I would make him God. No, no, no. He's, he's just God. If he's the creator yeah. God, he's God. And I will either surrender to him or I will break my head pounding against his, the, the wall, you yeah, know, trying to act yeah, like or yeah, something else. L-
0: l- learn who he is, like Pharaoh did.
1: Number three, that's exactly right. The third thing is he's invisible. And what I mean by that is that notice that by his mouth, the heavens were made, excuse me, by his word, the heavens were made and by his mouth, all their host, the hosts there are the sun and the moon and the stars. Those are all things that we can see. And what Mm -hmm. ancients often did, especially with the idolatrous pagan, pagan nations, they would see all of those hosts and they would say, ah, there is God. no. Those are the evidence of God. God is behind that. We don't see God, but we do see God's handiwork. So I don't worship the handiwork, but the Mm -hmm. handiwork prompts me to worship the God that I know is behind it, but that I can't Mm -hmm. see. So like in Psalm
0: 19, it began with that. Yes. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows
1: his handiwork. And we pick up that theme again here. Fourth, he's involved. Psalm 33 rules out the notion of deism, because it not only describes the fact that he creates, but it demonstrates that he is actually involved in what's going on here in his creation. In verse 10, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. So we have the fact that God is actually involved in what is going on. And then we've got verses that talk about, even in the battles themselves, it's not the king's strength or the horses, it's God who is the one that determines the victor. So he's involved. God didn't set things up and then now just letting it run its course. It's a curious thing to me that, That idea of deism
0: is appeals so much to people. I was, I was reading some stats, some data coming in um, recently. Um, I think it was the Pew Research Center, but it may have been Gallup. Anyway, they had found that uh, these the 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 younger folks today they identify them as Gen Z. This is the most of people in their teens or maybe their twenty somethings. Eight out of ten of them believe say they believe in God. They believe. In a higher power, at first blush, I'm like, well, that's that's very encouraging. We're not trending towards secularism. We're not training trending towards atheism. But as the questions uh, developed, the information came out. It, it's very much deism. They believe in a God. But that it was a far cry from, we want to be Christians, we, we want to, you know, we believe the Bible's the word of God, anything like that. There's just acknowledgment there must be a higher power, which lends itself to this vague spirituality that then is seeking expression, in all these different, at the moment, kind of social
1: causes. We all want the comfort that comes with having a benefactor up there that, that's going to be in charge in the end. None of us want the king who's going to tell us what to do today. And that's what deism allows. I, I think
0: you're exactly right uh, and yet the the message of this psalm is going to have to be uh, pressed and broadcast louder and louder uh, you know to, to younger generations and as and as we go along because it it seems like those that even call themselves spiritual are way more into a deism right now uh, than certainly Christianity
1: yep yeah so number five. He is unparalleled. Nobody can overthrow him. There's no counsel out there. So, all these folks that are pursuing some other kind of God that want that, the the world, these other kind of worldviews to run our nations, what does the Psalm tell us? The Lord's counsel will stand and he will frustrate the counsels of everybody else. He's unparalleled. There's no equal, Mm -hmm. there's no true rival. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Number six, he is love. God is not morally defective. You know, one of the earliest arguments against God was the idea that if bad things happen, then he's either not powerful or he's not good. Uh, What Psalm 33 demonstrates is that that's just a bogus argument. That's just a bogus mm. argument, because what it demonstrates is that when you have the all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing God, uh, He He acts because He knows the way He acts is best. This idea that if bad things happen to me, God either isn't powerful or He doesn't love me is just not true. It may be that He knows that bad things are good for me. And mm. what we find in this psalm is the fact that th- there are people that He's given free will to who counsel against Him, who do bad things, and and sometimes people suffer for that. But God is love. He delivers from that. He is not morally defective. His steadfast love can be seen throughout the whole world. At times,
0: and we do, we have times where we feel forsaken, but God has not forsaken us. He doesn't leave his people. Uh, we may choose to leave him, but he is always faithful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the final thing that I want to bring up, number seven, he is discerning. Psalm 33 mm. just obliterates the notion that God is indiscriminate. You know the the sixth principle that he is love, that he is steadfast love and that we can see a steadfast love throughout the whole world causes a lot of people to say that well that just means no matter what I do I'm going to get to be with God forever, which I think some of that deism we were talking about a minute ago is what people are looking for. He's this uninvolved God who, as long as I kind of am okay, is going to love me and welcome me in because that's what Mm -hmm. love means. But Mm -hmm. this psalm actually demonstrates that he is discriminating. Yes, he loves all people. Yes, he invites all people, but he does not welcome all people. He does not receive all people. Rather, he delivers those who put their hope and their trust in him. And there are a lot of people that don't.
0: There are a lot of people that don't. That calls us back to Psalm 32 about the joy of the forgiveness and what He offers in covenant, uh, which goes right along with 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 that uh, truth about who He is. Who is the Lord that we should know Him?
1: Yeah, this is the Lord. I, you know what? Even as you brought up something that wasn't on my list earlier, there are probably other things here, but I think this is probably enough for us to be getting on with. That tells us we should probably worship this Lord. I'd like to talk about that tomorrow. That
0: sounds good. We'll have a conversation about that. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Let us know what you're learning from the Psalms. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Rate the podcast, share it with a friend. We appreciate it so much. We're going to have a word of prayer now. Edwin, would you lead
1: us? Holy God, you are worthy because you, you are. You are distinct. You are invisible, and yet you are involved. You are unparalleled and you are love, and you are also discerning. You are our merciful benefactor. You are our judge with healthy boundaries. You are our Savior, and so we give praise and honor and thanks to you, Lord God of all. Through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. Have a fantastic steady, day.
0: Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.
1: I'm ready. Let's record. Okay. I'm going to give it just a few moments of silence, and then I'm going to Con- blow it out. Contemplate.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll start at about 20.